Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Well, tonight I'm looking at uh, following on from Josh from last week. Who was here last week? Yeah, cool. And Josh was talking about heart for the house. And uh, he was talking about having value for the house. And that's not just the building. So we're not talking about a location, but we're talking about the identity and the mission of the house. Yeah? And as we look at that, uh, we look at who makes up the house. Right? So you guys are sitting here tonight. So you are part of the house tonight. And as we look at that, we see that God is our designer. He's our creator. And He built each one of us for a purpose and to relate to God and to be in relationship with Him. And so that's why each one of us are here tonight. Or perhaps we're inquiring. And this is a, this is a time of where we're coming to check that out. Who is this God? And as we look at that, we look at Adam and Eve who made the decision to walk away from a relationship with God. And so they became separated from him. And God identifies us as his children because he's a loving father. He identifies you and me as his children. So Josh spoke also about our sin and our selfishness separating us from God. And God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save it and to save you. To save me, to save us. He also spoke about the invitation for you to come and be reconciled with your Creator. There is an invitation tonight for all of us. And Christ says in 2 Corinthians, in Christ God put the wrong on Him who never did anything wrong so we could be put right with God. And it's His heart for us to be put right with Him. That break in relationship that happened for Adam and Eve and for a lot of us, he is wanting to put back together again. He's wanting to reconcile. So we are Christ's ambassadors, his representatives here on earth. And Heart for the House is talking about the giving value to drawing people out of a place of selfish, selfish ambition and bringing them into a place of purpose. So Josh has already been speaking about it. He almost preached my sermon already <laughs> in the introduction, which is pretty cool. So there are a lot of people not in life giving relationship with their creator, living isolated and seeking their purpose. Is that you? So tonight I really want to speak about three points. I want to speak about being uniquely you. I want to talk about uh, belonging and your contribution matters. So those three points. So I'm going to start with uh, talking about you being unique. Do you know how unique you are? Now, I want you to stand up for a minute and I want you to go and find somebody who's got the same fingerprint as you. <laughs> ah, I love it. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's try it again. I want you to stand up and find someone who's got the same ears as you. 
Look at the ears of the person sitting next to you. They're quite unique, right? And in fact, in some places, they're talking about replacing the thumbprint as the, the standard for identification with the ear because actually our, our, our thumbprints can become damaged. But our, well, so can our ears, especially if you're a rugby player. But anyway, um, our ears and the different, you know, shape and whether we've got an attached or detached lobe. Who's got an attached lobe? Do you even know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or a detached lobe. <laughs> we all have different eyes. And not only the, the shape, the colour, but also the retinal... Uh, what am I looking for? The retinal thing. <laughs> yes, the retinal pattern is the thing I'm looking for. Another thing that's very unique, apparently, for us is our tongue. So stick your tongue out. Show your tongue to your neighbour. Okay. Can they notice the difference in your tongue? Yeah. <clears throat> what about your voice? You know, some people have, have uh, you know, very, very distinct voices, don't they? And some people have really, really soothing, calm voices. And some people have really kind of annoying voices. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't look at Gideon. Um, <laughs> especially if you're singing in the morning. But anyway, uh, we all have our own very special voice, and that is very distinctive. It's quite different to everybody else's. And then we have our own special smell. Did you know you have your own special distinct smell? So they're currently sort of looking at, um, because dogs can detect the differences, and they're trying to figure out how, how is it that dogs can detect our different smells. So we're kind of looking at that. But as you probably are aware, DNA is still the gold standard for uh, identification. But even with identical twins... Even identical twins are not identical. Did you know that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So that's your physical uniqueness. What about your personality? Are you an introvert? Okay, let's, let's introvert shame. Who are the introverts? Oh, they put up their hands. Wow, I'm so proud of you. Let's give the introverts a clap. <laughs> well done. Uh, and then we have extroverts. Yeah, yeah, I knew we wouldn't need to encourage them. <laughs> but, uh, it's all good. Um, but it's all good to know who we are and, you know, understand who we are, how we're wired up, our special distinctives, because we all have special distinctives. Um, but sometimes we can get a wee bit insecure, can't we? Yeah, about our specialness. Do you know that you're special? Yeah. Tell yourself that you're special. special. Yeah. Tell your neighbour that they're special. <laughs> so, but insecurity says, uh, it says insecurity comes from a scarcity mindset. We forget there's plenty of room for us 
in the world. In the Bible, it says there is neither scarcity nor lack. So that there's plenty of room for all of us and all of our specialness, all of our uniqueness. And that's very cool. But I have to ask you, who are you? You know, in the Bible, in uh, Psalm 139, it sort of talks about how marvellously made we are, that God has placed us, put us together very intricately. He was there, he saw it all, and he knit us all together in our mother's womb. Did you know how special you are? In Corinthians, if we can just read that together, all these gifts all the gifts that you have in your life, all these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of this one spirit, we are all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to be independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labours we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. Now, as we talk about our uniqueness, I just want to flick up a quick video for you. And this is from a very unique individual. What did you think of that guy? <laughs> I know that was a wee bit risky to do, do that, but you know, it's, um, I thought he was quite fascinating that he had so much self-confidence to be completely and thoroughly himself. And, uh, you know, I liked what Dr. Seuss said. He says, today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. And that's true for each one of us sitting here. <clears throat> so I'm not like you're advocating to go on some kind of existential, uh, let's find a discover ourselves, because I t totally believe that uh, to discover who God says we are, the best place to find ourselves is actually hidden in God. And as we've um, sung tonight, you know, again and again, I am who he says I am. And when we stand on that, on who he says we are, uh, that's a really good place. God says he will continually revitalize us, implanting within us the passion to do what pleases him. So we shouldn't be afraid if we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit that we're going off on some weird tangent that he can't uh, use us in. Now, I love the fact that there's so many people in the world who are doing amazing, amazing different things. One of the things that I, uh, stories that I heard recently um, from a guy, Dave Balestri, when his, uh, he was here, uh, he's an Australian, and his brother <clears throat> uh, decided he wanted to go into, called him up and said, Dave, I feel that 
God's calling me into the tattoo industry. And Dave and the rest of the family have come from a long line of, of Christian ministers. They've ministered in the church. And he goes like, what? That's just like, no, I, I, can't, I can't see that happening at all. Um, and I think you've got it wrong. I think you need to pray about it again. Because at this point in Australia, the tattoo industry is totally controlled by <laughs> criminals and, and gangsters pretty much. Anyway, as they prayed about it, they really felt like, yeah, no, this is, this is something. He's going to be expressing his art work in this whole area. Now, we could have a debate on whether, you know, tattoos are okay for Christians or not. That's a, that's a bigger question. But what he has managed to do with this dream of his is that what he's taken a hold of is he's actually been part of changing the laws in Australia by elevating this whole tattoo culture so that you have to have a license to be a tattoo artist in Australia. So he's redeemed this whole area, which is quite an unusual area. This is his special area. He's redeemed this whole area to the place that unless you have a license, uh, you can't do tattoo, which means all the gangsters and all the criminals have, are no longer able to control that whole industry. And that's a whole area which has been redeemed. I think that's absolutely fascinating that he's taken his special thing, his specialty, and used it. And he uses it. Uh, he will often, like, uh, look at tattoos or the, the tattoos that he's doing, producing, and they're often, uh, like, real statements about people's lives. He'll prophesy over people's lives through the tattoos. So how has God uniquely wired you up? What is your specialty? Do you know what your spiritual gifts are, for example? There are many tests that we can do online to figure out, well, what is my spiritual gift? What is your special personality? What is it that you're contributing into this world and specifically into this house? Because there is a place for you. There's a place for you that's really important and each person in this room has got something to contribute which is very valuable and is quite unique. I think sometimes we kind of get stuck into this thing that we see things modelled for us, particularly in churches, and that we think then that we have to be a clone of that. Sometimes I've been to some places where you see... Uh, Everybody on the leadership team, they all wear the same pants, the same shirts, the same caps. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of wonder what's going on because I think that one of the things that God really celebrates is our diversity. You know, he likes, I'm looking at this front row here, what a diversity we've got just sitting here. You know, nobody's got the same eye colour, the same shoe size, the same anything, everything all together. So I just want to say to you, be who God designed you to be. Get established in your identity. You're made in His image. You're made in the image of God. And I just want to say to you, you belong 
So many of us struggle with a sense of there being no place for us. We don't fit. We kind of stick out. We're um, like awkward. Uh, I don't belong here. I don't look like that. I can't do this. I haven't got this education. I haven't got that car. I don't have that income. And, and many of us find ourselves going down the track of feeling like we don't belong or we don't fit. Now, I've, t- I've told this story before here a long time ago, but when I was growing up, I was born in Invercargill. Who knows where Invercargill is? Woohoo! Yeah. Awesome place. End of the world. <laughs> um, but I'm one of five children, and I was the only one in my family who was born in Invercargill. And when I was growing up, in in those early years, when I was learning to talk, I learned to speak in Invercargill. All right? Now, you know where this is going, right? So I learned how to roll my R's, and that was normal. (laughs) And I learned quite a lot of colloquial speech. And my parents always introduced me they, their intention was to make it sound special as this is our little Southlander. So I was, I was known as the Southlander of the family. But what it did to me was it meant I don't fit with the rest of the family. And that actually sowed a seed for me and birthed, birthed something in me that for oh, most of my life until, you know, not that, long ago, I always felt wherever I went, I'm always the odd one out. I don't fit. Now, people would look at me and they think, oh, that's kind of hard to understand. She looks like she fits. But I would walk into a room and I'd scan the room real quick and think, yes, yeah, see, see, I don't fit. Who does that? A lot of you do. Thanks for your honesty. <laughs> And so we have this, I had this innate feeling of that somehow I didn't belong and I I wasn't worthy or I didn't match up to what the standard was. And I so every time I would feel like, man, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the back foot all the time. Until I actually did a, a School of Living Wisdom, which was which is an awesome time. And, and Dave Riddell, who leads that, he said, as part of the school, you belong where you decide you belong. And there was an incredible truth in that. Because up until that point, I thought, oh, no. And instead of, you know, taking that whole Southland thing and, and playing up to it and making it an advantage you know, which I could have done, (laughs) it was a disadvantage until that point. And now I love to meet other people from Southland, you know, except for when they start talking because then I get my accent back. (laughs) But that's that's all cool too, isn't it? But so many of us, because of that, feel that we don't belong, whatever that is, has happened, and we feel that we don't really connect and uh, I had to put Brené Brown in there because she's currently one of my favourite little people. Um, and she talks about connection is the energy between two people who feel heard, seen and valued and who give and receive without judgment. Connection is why we are here, right? And that connection 
is something that we want to be building here as a community. God wants us in community. Christianity is not a solo sport. Christianity is not a solo sport. I see so many people sitting on the fringes, they're disconnected, uh, and they feel lonely, they feel isolated. Uh, But we're made for community. And the thing about community is you build it by showing up. You know? It's just showing up. You just keep showing up. Even when you just like, don't like Gideon's haircut. You don't like his ripped jeans. (laughs) You don't like me, that blonde woman, you know. uh, You don't like the song that we just sang. To build community, we have to show a commitment to one another and we have to invest in one another. And that requires turning up. Okay, it's as simple as that. You turn up. Our common purpose when we turn up to to church is what we talked about in the beginning, that connection with God. And together we find that connection with God. As we gather here together, we really want to find that connection with God and we encourage one another. We need encouragement from one another. We need people to say, hey, good job. You're looking great today, Brooke. Or, uh, that's an awesome hat you've got there, sir. Wow, that's fantastic. And uh, nice Afghans, Kathleen. <laughs> oh, she's going to kill me with those Afghans. <laughs> Who's had an Afghan? <laughs> no, don't, don't go, don't buy them. No, 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 no they're, they're amazing. Um, but in 1 Corinthians it says, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. If you don't accept the part that you have to play, it's, you're not going to activate it. We need you to be activated. I need you. Funnily enough, you might actually need me too. You know? And the thing is that as you accept the part that God has given you and you step up to the plate and you keep turning up, God is going to use you. He has a part for you to play. He has a place for you to belong. He has a place for you to contribute. And you know what? You might think, man, I don't have anything that significant to contribute. It's a lie. Do not listen to lies. Do not partner with lies because each single person in this room is special and unique and you have a part to play and we need you. We need your part. I hear from, from time to time, 
oh, man, but there's nobody here like me. Do you hear that sometimes? You walk into the room, oh, there's nobody here like me. You know, you keep turning up and you're going to attract you. You keep turning up and people like you are going to come because they go like, oh, there's people like me there. You stay away and come, you know, turn up maybe once every five weeks. You're not going to build friendship. You're not going to build relationship. You're not going to build community. Stick around, get involved, and more people like you will turn up. Choose community. Get established in community. All right. And number three, your contribution matters. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere. Back in 1 Corinthians 12. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Each person. Every single person in this room reflects one facet of God's amazingness. If you don't turn up, we don't get to see the full spectrum of God's glorious beauty. You know... We need the fullness of the body. In 1 Corinthians 12, it's sort of saying, you know, if you're an eye, don't, don't try to be a foot. If you're an arm, don't try to be a neck. Whoever God has made you to be in all your gloriousness is reflecting God's gloriousness. And there's nobody on the face of the planet that can be you, that can do what you do, that can bring what you bring. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. There's a slide here. You are unique. You are irreplaceable. The loss of even one voice diminishes every other singer in this great immortal choir. We need your voice. Your contribution is valuable. You can't change what you're not contributing to. Sometimes people come along and they say, oh, I wish they would do that differently. Oh, man, that so annoys me. Why haven't they got that figured out yet? Um, you know, 
the people who can make the change are the people who are involved. You know, if you want to see change, if you've got something burning in your heart, get involved. Get involved. Participate. Because, you know, to quote Brené Brown again, I'm not going to use the word that she uses, but unless you're in the arena getting your bottom kicked, your comments are unwelcome. I feel a little bit like that sometimes. The other thing is, is that, you know, when you're involved, sometimes the very things that annoy you the most are most likely to be your call and the thing that you're actually really good at. And you're getting annoyed about it because you're seeing it and we're not bothered by it because that's not our gift. That's not who we are. We don't, we don't care because that's not how we live, how we operate. <laughs> but you have something you need to contribute. So sometimes, you know, people come and they say, oh, I'm so frustrated with this church and I'm so frustrated with Gideon and Catherine. And we go like, oh, what are you frustrated? When we first started, we used to get really kind of a bit upset and threatened <laughs> by that. because, like, oh, man, everybody's a critic. Um, but now we listen because now we've figured out that often when people have got those kind of comments to make about anything really is usually because they're probably going to be a lot better at it than we are. So we go like, oh, that's awesome that you've got that idea. It's awesome that you've got those thoughts. Why don't you do it? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of opportunities for you to serve and for you to shine. There's a platform here for you. If you're to you know, become involved and be part of this community here, you have a unique contribution to make. You, you have a unique place. In, uh, there's an old African proverb, and, and I, I do love it, is that if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go with the group. We go together. Our dream for harmony uh, and for what God is doing here is, is that we have a dream to reach our city. We want to see people saved, healed, delivered. We want to people hear the good news of the gospel. It's good news. There's a lot of people out there who have lost all hope, lost any sense of, of future, lost any sense of purpose. And here we want to see people uh, established in their purpose. We want to see them established in their connection with God. We want to see them established in community. We want to see the world saved. We, we happen to believe that living a life with God is actually the best life you can ever live. And so we want to see more people invited into that. You know, this room, there's quite a few people in here tonight, actually. 
nice to see you all. <laughs> um, but this room has got way larger capacity. We want to take these curtains down. We want to fill the capacity. Not because we're trying to build something and, you know, have some kind of sense of significance out of it. But we know you need to be here. Your friends need to be here. And there's a lot of people walking down the street out there who need to be in here. They need to be part of a community. They need to know that God loves them. And they need to know that you love them. And they need to know that they've got a plan and a purpose for their life. <laughs> Join the mission. You are invited. Don't wait. Put your hand up. God has something very unique for you to do. Very unique for you to contribute. And very neat, very unique for you to receive here. Get established in purpose. like to stand we're going to pray together we sung a song this morning which I love and part of the chorus says for every eye will see every heart will know there is no name above the name of Jesus If you're in this room tonight and you have not got that connection with your creator, with the living God, if you have got a broken connection with your creator, there is an invitation for you tonight to come into a place of restored relationship with him. He loves you. He's longing Longing to have that relationship with you. He's longing to have those conversations with you. When you're angry, when you're upset, when stuff happens, because stuff happens, people. Is there anyone in here tonight who wants to... Uh, walk in that kind of relationship with the living God if that's you tonight if you want to make that decision tonight I can tell you it'll be the best decision that you'll ever make in your life as you choose to align with God if that's you tonight would you like to put up your hand just quickly everybody eyes closed heads bowed but if you would like to make a new step tonight a step towards the living God. Could you just quickly slip up your hand right now? Don't wait. Don't wait. Thank you. Thank you. We're just going to pray together. If you have, uh, if you have made that decision 
to walk in relationship with the living God. Let's just pray together. Everybody would like to pray with me. Jesus, we long to be in relationship with you. We want to say no to our sinful and selfish lives and turn away from those lives and turn our eyes towards you, our Creator. Thank you that you have established forgiveness and that we can receive that forgiveness for our lives separated from you. And it is your desire to walk in in relationship with us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, I just pray for everybody in this room, Lord, those who have struggled with their identity, those who have struggled with the way that they've been wired up, those who have struggled with their their personality or their family that they came from, with anything that's that's affected their identity. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just want to bring them before you. And I ask, Lord, that you would exchange that feeling, that sense of not belonging with a feeling to belong. You are accepted. You are loved. You are welcome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are establishing us each one of us. You're establishing us in our identity. You're establishing us in community and you're establishing us in purpose.